amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. It is so great to see all of you here on site. And for those of you who are joining us online, we continue on with a sermon series that is titled one day. I want to say thank you to Pastor Gill who began this series last week and to begin that series he mentioned about the one day and what does does it mean by this one day? You know, sometimes in our lives, whether it's positive or negative, uh, things, uh, our outlook in life can change in a matter of seconds. So one day, he mentioned about how one day he was, uh, uh, he gave his life to Christ, and then he talked about how he went to Liberty University one day, and then one day he got married, and, and he was sharing about these things, and then he went into the passage regarding Peter. So if you missed that sermon, I encourage you to check out you know, on our, uh, on demand through our Facebook page or our YouTube channel. Uh, today I want to continue on the one day, but I also want to uh, also mention sometimes the one day where our lives can change, whether one day tragedy strikes. Uh, a one day, because uh, uh, we remember those moments. Uh, one day where uh, a doors uh, of opportunity seems like they are slammed in your face. I'm not talking about just nicely shut. I'm talking about wham! Anybody, any, any witnesses to that one? I, I know I have. So, for example, I remember the day that I was, uh, the, the doors of uh, opportunity to become a law enforcement officer were slammed in my face. Where I remember taking tests, and there was a moment where 13 departments, I went to the consortium, and, and they, I, I took a test. And out of all, there was over 600 applicants. And I got a letter later on that said, hey, just want to let you know, thank you so much for taking the application or, or filling it out and, and taking the test. And, and you went, uh, you were 38th. I'm thinking, 38th out of 600? Oh, all right. And, and I was all happy. Then the next paragraph mentioned, you know, but the cutoff was at 30, all right? Oh. But you know what? Sometimes I remember that day. I remember how I was feeling. I was feeling great, and then here comes that letter, and the doors of opportunity slammed uh, shut in my face. But you know what? Uh, at that very moment, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, man, I was like, God, come on. What, what's going on? You know you know how, how I want to be in law enforcement. You know how I want to do this. I want to do that. Like, how could it be? I was feeling great about the test, and, and here it is. It's, but at that very moment, I was feeling that way. But as I look back, I'll be honest with you that if I did pass through all that process, there's a high probability that I would not be here in front of you today. So sometimes when our doors, that one day when our doors close, don't give up, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's a possibility that God has another door that's going to be opening up for you that will continue to uh, praise him and give him glory in what you do. So just as words of encouragement, because I, it's a possibility that you're here or online who are saying, I just got had this opportunity close on me, and God, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting. And so I want to let you know that's how I was feeling too when those doors uh, closed up, uh, up on me. Today I want to talk about the one day when Jesus was able to be with a healing power and he did something miraculous. And I want to encourage you to please open up your Bible to the book of Luke chapter 5. I'm going to be reading verses uh, 17 through 26, and I'm going to stop intermittently uh, to just share a few words with you as, as this message. Uh, but you know what? In fact, before, uh, let, let me read verse 17, then I want to pause for a word of prayer and I'll continue on. Uh, verse 17, NLT version, it says, One day while Jesus was teaching, 
some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, and as well as from Jerusalem. And I love this. It says, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Let me pause for a word of prayer. Uh, God, at this very moment, I just want to say thank you that we've worshipped through our singing, through our giving, through, and through our prayer, God. And at this very moment, that as we pause to receive of your word, God, uh, uh, fill us. Uh, fill us with, with your spirit. Fill us to understand what was happening back then and how it can, it can come into reality in the way that we experience here today. So speak to us today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got the, the one day that the Pharisees and the, the uh, teachers of religious law were sitting nearby, and they were talked about how they were from other villages. And I want to let you know that prior to that, in chapter 4 of the book of Luke, we hear how Jesus went into the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil. And out of that, after that temptation, the Bible says, I believe it's verse 14, where he says, and then he was filled with power from the Holy Spirit. And I love that. And then what, what did he do with that? He went out and he was casting out demons. And then he was healing people. And then from, from left to right, and people were, were sharing the message of here is this Jesus. Here's this man who was teaching and preaching with authority. And he wasn't just speaking. There was miraculous signs and healings that were taking place in that area. But I could imagine because verse, uh, uh, chapter 4 on verse 37, it said that the news about Jesus spread out through all the villages. And here we are finding ourselves in one day where the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law find themselves sitting nearby. I, I could just imagine that, let's go, where, 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 where's Jesus going to be? You know what, let's sit nearby. Let's hear what he has to say. Let's, let's witness what, how he's doing things. And so that's where we find ourselves. And I loved how this uh, passage in verse 17, it continues on saying that the Lord's healing power was with Jesus. And I love that because you know as soon as you hear something like that, something is about to happen. And that's where we find ourselves. Uh, verse 18. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. And they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles, and they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. So let me pause there. When I'm reading this scripture, what came to mind as I prepared for this message was those words that when they went to take uh, the, the paralyzed man to Jesus, they couldn't get through because of the crowd. I want you to think for a moment. When you have gone to a location and there has been a crowd, whether it's a concert, whether it's something, you know, especially when it's a free concert or, or standing room only, you want to be able to get there and, there, and, and there's a crowd. I want to share with you the, the story of uh, back in 2008, and I believe it was Halloween day, October 31st, the Phillies had won the Major League Baseball's World Series. And in Philadelphia, there was a parade. And so I took Ani, I took my kids, I said, we're going uh, to go and, and watch and go, be part of this, the, this parade that the Phillies have won. And so, and I remember that the mayor at that time had said, look, we, uh, the, uh, use public transportation. Uh, some, some of you remember that one. 
use public you know, because they're trying to avoid all the traffic and the jams and things on there. So you know what? Like us, like many others, I said, that's a great idea. <laughs> so I got my, and I believe the buses, at that day, the buses weren't even running. It was, it was crazy. All right? But at, by that time, I took my kids, uh, put them in the car, I took Ani, went over to the, uh, uh, one of the train stations. It was um, uh, in Kanshahakin and filled, uh, people just waiting on the train. And so I said, you know what, let's get back in the car, you know, let, let's, let's go over to Spring Mill. Maybe we'll have an opportunity there. No. I went over to Glen Mills. I, we didn't even get out of the car. We knew how many people were there. Then we went over to Norristown and said, this is it. This is our last chance. So we grabbed the kids, went inside, and ladies and gentlemen, we, the, the train, it, you couldn't uh, uh, fit another person in there. But I made sure this is all or nothing. Get in. <laughs> and so, so and, and we're there, and I remember it's almost like this, and the doors, the doors are going out. I'm like... <laughs> We got to hear the train from Norristown, then passed the train, the, the station in Conshohocken. They didn't even stop. They couldn't fit anybody else. And then I see the people waiting there, the crowd waiting for the train, and they, they just kept on going. And then Spring Mill, same thing, kept on going. We didn't stop. And so I don't remember what uh, 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 station we ended up in. As soon as those doors opened, we hear somebody from upstairs, the parade is about to begin. Oh, talk about a mad rush. So we're there running up the steps, you know, on there. I got, we got the kids, I got Ani, and thousands, already, uh, hundreds of people already there, and thousands. I'm thinking, man, and you hear them, uh, it, the, the, the excitement that's there. So I said, you know, let's, let's go around. So I, I'm not too familiar with the street, but you know Broad Street. All right, there was a, uh, a parallel street along with it. So I said, let's get the kids, let's go to the parallel street and just keep on running down because there's got to be a, a cross section that we can be there and wait for the parade to go by. Keep in mind, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a rookie at this, right? So here's the first intersection, packed with people. Let's keep on running. Next intersection, packed with people. I'm thinking, come on. So kept on going and kept on going. I couldn't even tell you where we ended up, but we said, you know what, here it is, this is it, we're gonna have to make a right in this next intersection because when you hear the crowd getting louder, you know, like the little hair starts sticking up on you, and like, oh, I'm gonna miss it, I'm gonna miss it. And so I said, let's, let's turn. And when you know it, obviously there was more uh, crowd in there in that intersection. And so what we did was we just weaved ourselves around um, through the crowd. And, and I remember picking Italina, my middle daughter, up on our shoulder, my shoulder. And then there was a fence along. And, and because the kids were so small at that time. And, and then we picked up, uh, you know, uh, Natanael and we put him against the fence. And Ani's there holding him and holding her other daughter, just holding on. And, and I'm like, come on, you know. And, and I, can't, I couldn't see because of the crowd. And, then, and I'm trying to go through so that way when the, when the parade is going through, at least if I can just see. And I, I remember as they passed by, I remember seeing like uh, players like Jimmy Rollins and and Ryan Howard and Chase Utley and Chooch, you know, I'm thinking, oh, man. And then other players, I was like, you know what? And I hear the kids, you know, saying their names and they're, and they're screaming and they're, and they're having fun. I, I was like, you know what? 
they're enjoying it. And to be, again, really honest, I was mad too at the same time. <laughs> I was mad. But then I realized, you know what? Their smiles, they're, I hope they, they, don't, they don't never forget it. So here's Ani's holding up the two kids and I'm holding up and because of the crowd. How many of you have gone to a location that there was a crowd? You'd be like, nah, I'm going home. Or do you say, doesn't matter, I'm going to try to uh, weave my uh, way in. So here we find ourselves that the men saw that the crowd was there and they couldn't get to Jesus. So what did they do? They didn't go back home. They made a way. And so what did they do? The Bible is telling us that they went on the roof and they removed some towels and they lowered the sick man over in the, in the middle of a crowd. You're talking about an entrance. And I could just see Jesus looking up and just seeing their faith as the man came in front of Jesus. As that's where we find ourselves. On verse uh, 19, it says, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we read over this real quick. Did you catch that? It said because of their sin. Whose sin? I believe that it is the men who were carried the, men, the, the, the paralyzed man to where Jesus was, went to whatever they need to do through the crowd and go up on the roof, remove the towels, lower to him because of their faith. Young man, you are forgiven. I need for you to think about some, uh, 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 someone or, uh, or more than one person who was uh, uh, that, that person for you that brought you to Jesus because of their faith here, Jesus provided an opportunity for you to be saved. Because of their faith, Jesus said to them, young man, your sins are forgiven. And then it says, but, but the Pharisees, you see, when, when you have a joy, I'm sorry, but, but when you have a joy, when you have a celebration, you think that everybody is going to be joyous with you and celebrating with you. But re, you got to remember, those who were sitting on the sidelines, the Pharisees and the teachers of religious laws, they were sitting nearby. And here, they, verse 21 says, but the Pharisees and the teachers of religious laws said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And then Jesus knew what they were thinking. Let me pause there. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Jesus knew what they were thinking. That is a scary thought for, I don't know for you, but definitely for me. It's a scary thought that Jesus knows our thoughts. Woo! Right, that's another sermon. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to... So Jesus knew what they were thinking, and so he asked them, why do you question this in your heart? I said, is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And then he turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. I love this. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing, amazing things today. 
ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to share with you that uh, if you have, have been not feeling well, and you pray to God to, to uh, heal you, to, to restore you, your strength. Uh, there are times that even in our physical bodies, we're still carrying this pain in our lives. And, and sometimes we'd be like, oh, the, the God hasn't healed me, so it's, it's no longer available. But I want to let you know that even if you are not receiving this, the, the physical health, uh, uh, physical healing, there's always opportunity for us to be healed spiritually. There's always opportunity for us to be healed emotionally. You see, in our lives, we are, may not be in, in, in a wheelchair. We may not be a, a paralytic, but we have been paralyzed in our spiritual walk with God and, 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 and has affected our love of God and has affected the love of others because we have not received physical healing. When Jesus said to the young man, he says, your sins are forgiven. The Bible is saying then afterwards, when he talked to the Pharisees and those teachers of religious law, he said, which one is easier, to be forgiven or to tell them to stand up and walk? So therefore, here, Jesus, we have an opportunity to be spiritually healed, to be emotionally healed. What's paralyzing us to following the will of God? Is it addictions? Is it prior hurts and abuse that, that you don't know how you can be healed from it? You may not be healed from that other person who hurt you, but you can certainly receive the healing of the Almighty God in your life. You may be uh, being para uh, paralyzed by bitterness or hatred or something that's not been fair to you, and you're still carrying that on. And so it is, you, you are in that sleeping mat, and other people who have been praying for you, and because of their faith, because of their prayer, here's another day, also another day of, of life that God gives us. And do we take that opportunity to not just be healed physically, but you have a chance to be healed from addiction, you may uh, you, you have opportunity to be healed spiritually from emotional abuse and other things. What is paralyzing you? And I believe the church. I believe the church has stopped believing in miracles. We have not pursued it. And so therefore, oh, whatever happens, happens. I, I believe that as a church that's on the move, we uh, as a church need to make sure that we are, that's in the forefront, that we don't stop dreaming, that we don't stop believing in miracles. The same Jesus that healed that young man that told him to stand up and take up his mat and go home. And what did he do? Immediately the Bible is saying that he took up his mat and then he went home. And I love that it says, praising God. And that other people came along and they also praised God and they themselves said, we have seen amazing things today. But ladies and gentlemen, this story is not about the four or, or you know, the, the men who lowered down the paralyzed man. Yes, they were part of it. The story is not about the man who was healed, although he was part of it. The story is not about the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law, even though they were part of it. It wasn't about them. It was for us to remember the authority and the healing power through Jesus. 
The same Jesus that he healed many years ago, and he continues to heal today, but as a, again, as a church, we may have forgotten about it. And I love how the scriptures in the, oh, it just went away from me. Give me a moment. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, in the New King James Version, it says, but he was wounded by our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. What Jesus has done for us, it is so great that we sometimes miss it because we are expecting bigger bigger things in our lives and we forget about the, another day of life that God gives us. And I love to say that another day of life is another day of opportunity. Opportunity for us to go back to God and say, God, heal me. And believe it. And you're not alone. Have others to be able to pray with you. And in fact, at this very moment, I'm going to ask the lay pastor and Stephen ministers to come forward. And normally... We will pray for people at the end of the worship service when people are leaving. But I really, as, as I prepared for this message, I told Daniel, I said, Daniel, I just feel strong that this has to happen. Because there are people who are hurting, not just, again, not just looking for physical healing, but you are, you are looking for spiritual healing and emotional healing from other things. And we want to provide an opportunity for people to come to be prayed for. And here are lay pastor ministers that want to pray with you and for you. And in fact, during this song that's titled Healer, I'm going to go down out of these steps, the altar area, and if you're being prayed for as I'm singing, I'm just going to place my hand over you because they're, they're going to be praying with you and for you. I know it's something different, ladies and gentlemen, but we got to let the Spirit move. we got to believe in miracles. Can I get an amen to that? Amen.